Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that you meet us here right in this moment, right in the midst of worship. God, wherever we're coming from, we just lay it down at your feet. We praise you that you are present with us even right now. And then we get to redirect that back to you. God, I pray we just find you right in the midst of where we are today. Feel your presence, know your presence to pour that presence out on others. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Well, good morning, Horizon. Good morning. I said good morning. Thank you. All right. Good job. Thank you for that, Mark. All right. Well, good morning. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Tyler. I'm part of our speaking team here at Horizon. Um, and if you have not been here, we are actually wrapping up our, our yearly vision series. This year, we're calling it Spheres, or Being the Church, Spheres of Impact. And that is based on Acts 1, 8, and 9, where Jesus says to his disciples, his very last words, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. This is like the first ever real mic drop, right? I mean, like, come on. That's the way to go after his last words. Am I still on? Oh, well, that's awkward. In my head, I'm a lot louder, so. All right, so after he said this, he was taken up. So his very last words, right, is this command, this Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, these kind of concentric circles. So we've been taking that and unpacking it. What is our Jerusalem? Well, we start here right where we are, right? Right in this property, this very church, all of us as part of this church. We expand out and we see our Judea. Our Judea is Towson, includes the college, it includes the high school, includes Uptown, includes all of Towson. We go from there, we see Samaria expand even more. We've got the greater Baltimore area. And then ultimately all the way out to the ends of the earth where we have some pre-existing commitments, not to mention 8 billion people. So this is about the only way I can summarize so far. If you haven't been here, it's been real good, like real good. So you definitely want to go back and listen to that. It's been like on point, on fire, but in detail, since that's not a good enough summary. So Mark kicked us off talking about our Jerusalem. What does it look like? It looks like the purpose to make disciples, not just converts, right? To make disciples here and create community within our Jerusalem, not just for the sake of having a good community and feeling good about it, but really as a foundation for everything else that God wants to do. So after that, Ryan expanded us to Judea. What is our Judea? Well, buying this church, right? We are here now. We have neighbors, right? We're investing in this community. We have neighbors with needs. We need to listen to them. We want it to be a blessing to them that we are here in their community, right? We want to listen. We don't want to expect them to come to us. We want to go to them, see what they need, and hopefully in the process of loving them, yes, they'll come in. Yes, they'll fill these empty seats, but loving them first. And then last week, we talked about Samaria. Ryan talked through what it looks like to break down barriers, the fact that the church has always been meant to do that, always throughout our history. So what does it look like for us within the greater Baltimore area to break down barriers, to seek transformation of the entire city even? and transformation internally, right? So we go from there to this big jump, this big jump that feels, I don't know, it feels kind of intimidating, right? The ends of the earth, right? What does that look like? What does that mean? It's a pretty big jump from just Baltimore, right? And even that's still a pretty big jump from Judea, from Jerusalem. But here we are all the way going up to the ends of the earth. 
it's easy for us to get intimidated by that, right? There's so many people, there's so many needs, whether that's here domestically or globally, we see so much in the news or we know so much going on that just feels like it's too much to handle. But you know, thank God there are some people who are sent out there as missionaries, right? Sometimes we feel that way. Like, oh, okay, well, I think there's a need, but yeah, there's missionaries, that's what they do, right? So it's easy for us to feel that way. And then you step back and you look at us, like, what are we gonna do about it? We're just a small church in Towson. I don't know if you noticed, we've kind of got our own needs, right? We got Lake Lutheran out there today, just in time, the big old puddle as you're trying to get through, right? We battle the heat sometimes, the projector goes off, right? We've got our own needs. How can we think about the ends of the earth? What are we gonna do about it? And then individually, right? So many of us, if we're honest, we come to this point at the end of the week and we kind of, we're already at max capacity, right? We're kind of tapping out already. We're kind of exhausted by the urgency of everything around us, kind of swarming around us. How am I in a position to do anything about the ends of the earth when I've got things I need to take care of? I've got things that are stressing me out, right? How can I even begin to reach the ends of the earth? And with everything going on in my life, the bad and the good, why, why, do, I, why do I care? Why should I care? So there's this tension as those circles grow, right? There's this tension of how much, how much scope it can, it can encompass. And I, I, I think we were not the first to feel this, right? I think the disciples felt this too. And we kind of see it just before Jesus does his mic drop and pieces out. So he's telling them, right, okay, here's the plan. I'm about to leave. It's on you guys, right? You got this? And their response in Acts 1.6, it says, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You kind of feel like Jesus steps back and like does a face palm of like, did you, did you seriously miss all that? Like, like, this is your turn now. I told you, I trained you for this. I've been preparing you for this day. It's on you to go be restoration, right? And that's easy for us to, it's easy for us to see the issues around us and kind of feel like, yeah, somebody, somebody should do that, right? And Jesus is saying to them, like, you are that somebody. You've been trained for this. And then even more than that, he challenges them to think bigger, They say, Jesus, are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He says, no, 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 we're not stopping at Israel. Think bigger, dream bigger, dream bigger than just Israel. We're talking about the ends of the earth, which is like impossible for them to fathom. And even for us, right? He calls us to dream bigger. He says, that's great. You have a prayer team, but man, how cool will it be when people come from all over the world to come pray with you, right? What if, what if that's how big we dreamt, right? So we've got this, this tension where we recognize God has a heart for the nations. God has a heart for the world. As big of a challenge as it is, right? It's something that matters to him. All throughout scripture, there's about 1,600 references, and I'm not gonna go through all of them. There's about 1,600 references in scripture where God talks about every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people, ends of the earth, all that sort of language that shows that he is about everybody here, everybody who's ever been, everybody who ever was. It's something that's clearly on his heart all throughout scripture. And we see this in the people he sends. We see this in Paul, who after he's transformed through Christ, he, his mission is out to the ends of the earth as they knew them, beyond just home, beyond just the Jews, but to all, everyone in that, in that whole Roman empire. And this is what he says in Colossians 1. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. 
It's easy for us maybe to think like, well, that's Paul. I mean, come on, he's like one of the greatest missionaries ever, right? Of course this is what he thinks. Of course this is what he feels. But this is where I remind you that he was writing this from prison. If anyone had an excuse to be focused on themselves about their current situation, about their current circumstances, about what he's going to do, it's, it's Paul in this moment. But even in the midst of being in prison, his heart is for everyone because he knows that's a reflection of God's heart. And he's willing to do whatever it takes. And more than that, right, we see God carrying this theme all throughout, all the way to the very end, which was foretold at the beginning, right? So this is on his heart. In Revelation 7, 9, uh, he shows, or through John, he says, there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That's amazing. This is the picture of heaven. This is what he intended. That's what we're moving toward. Every nation, the ends of the earth, everybody all together, knowing God, serving God all together. But obviously that doesn't always match our current reality, right? That's great. That's what we want. Sure, that's what God wants, but that doesn't sync up exactly with what we see around us. We still see poverty all around us, domestically and globally. We'll still see wars. We still see all sorts of religious oppression against Christians all around the world. So something's not quite matching up. And then we're back to that very same point of, well, what, do we, what can I do about it? What can I do about it? So a few years ago, um, Alyssa and I had the chance to go on uh, the vision trip to... Nicaragua. So how many, show of hands, before this sermon series, how many of you knew that we were supporting a ministry in Nicaragua? Give me some. Okay, okay, that's pretty good. Just making sure. Because I feel like it's always something we can talk more about. Because it's hard, right? It's, it's a trip that maybe we do once a year, or maybe there's some other ways, but it's not immediately right here, so it's not on, on our mind. But so Alyssa and I had the chance to try to pursue that question for ourselves. So what are we going to do about it? We've heard about this thing going on. We've heard about this great need elsewhere, outside of our spheres. What are we going to do about it? And we had the chance to go, as others in, in separate years, like the Drucken Millers and many others in this church, have had a chance to go. And so more about um, our partnership in Nicaragua. Um, so we work really piggybacked onto what Grace City Baltimore has done um, to partner with a local organization called Orphan Network, which is based in Nicaragua. But what's really cool about Orphan Network is it began as a group of high school, a high school youth group who went and was just brokenhearted by what they saw. They just went and were like, this, this, the poverty, the malnourishment, just the current situations there, brokenhearted. They didn't know what to do. So they came back and said, we need to do something. So they started going, they started investing, they started doing the more traditional missional approach. Okay, let's go, let's serve, let's build stuff, let's do stuff. But then they got to a point where they realized, okay, that traditional mindset we have of, of bringing our way in, the Western way, the American way, whatever it is, bringing it in and fixing it, they actually found that it was doing more harm than good. So humbly, they changed their mindset and recognized, okay, this thing is so much bigger than we realize. It's not going to happen just by us um, doing manual labor or whatever. We need to target the very things that are killing a generation we need to break the cycle of poverty. And how, how are we going to do that? How are we going to break the cycle of poverty for this entire nation? So they came to a point where they realized the only way to do that is for Nicaraguans to train and empower Nicaraguans to serve other Nicaraguans 
to break the cycle of poverty in Nicaragua, right? So it's fully invested situation there. So what, what are we doing, right? They're already doing this. What are we doing coming into this? Well, the reality is we get to go and be a part of their vision. We got to go and bring um, all sorts of professionals. We had psychologists, we had teachers, we had a pastor, we had people who just had a heart for what was going on down there just to encourage the organizations down there to encourage and build up the people who are already trying to build an infrastructure to tackle this huge feeling problem. In the process of meeting those physical needs, their prayer, their constant prayer, is that it creates a pathway for spiritual needs, right? So on, on the one wall where they have, here's all the people, all the kids who were brought out of poverty and they've gone through our training program and now have professional jobs. On the other wall, there's a big old sign that has all the numbers of people saved this week. And so super missional mindset, right? So, so again, like, what, what are we talking about? What are they actually doing? So it says feeding centers. No, this is not a feeding center. I swear it's much better than that. So one thing they do is extension of uh, Orphan Network. What they do is set up feeding centers all throughout these villages. In this case, the most convicting part is it is so much easier for any one of us to contribute the $20 it takes to, to buy rice for that village than it is to even get to that village. So these people are just are going up through all this muddy water, because they saw us and kind of laughed, honestly, but going through all of this just to get their meal for the day. So it was convicting to realize how far they would go just to, just to get that nourishment. And it was kind of funny when, when a person in our group fell and was muddy the rest of the day. Kind of funny. What else do they do? They, um, they contribute greatly to these orphanages. It's in their name, of course. The one that we are connected with, so the one that anyone here who sponsors a child in Nicaragua is called El Canyon. And so these are just a few of the kids that we fell in love with, obviously. But what was amazing about our time there is it would be good enough if they just provide shelter, if they just provide food, if they just provide community. That's great, you did that. But more than that, they provide training. They had to sit down sit down with them and make PowerPoint presentations. And we did all the things that all of our teachers said not to. Like, you know, that like clapping at the end that you're not supposed to do in the PowerPoint? We put it in there. The word art, the old like 1990s word art, we put it in there. But they loved it. And in the process of being cared for physically, it opened up that pathway for them spiritually. So what else are they about? They're about professional training. They're about recognizing that if we're gonna break the cycle of poverty, if we're gonna fight and contend for people's eternal salvation. We need to focus on their current needs. So it was hard to see on the left, but that looks like welding training. It looks like sewing training to give people hope and a future. And then it looks like um, this kind of school support, supplemental school program at a club called La Esperanza, which means hope, um, which is right outside of one of the largest, let's say the largest trash dump communities in the world. I don't know how many there are, but this, this was just, it, it's awful. You see people living and scounging a lifestyle in the dump just to make it through the day. But right next to it, you see such a ray of hope. You see so much happening that just gives you that, that hope that something is happening to care for the ends of the earth here. But even after all that, right, even after seeing all the good, I just remember feeling convicted, right, of like, man, but why me? Why do I come? Why, why did I get sent here? The, the money I spent to come here, gosh, that could have bought meals for weeks for these kids. Why, why me? And I'm, I can't, 
I can't do anything for these kids. I'm not a psychologist. They're, they're meeting with kids and, 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 and people there trying to help train them. I can't do that. Why me? What, what do I have to contribute? And the reality is God simplified it for us. Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. That's it. It's so simple. The calling for us was to love them in the ways that we can. I don't, I don't have special skills for anything. I don't know the first thing about, about how to break these kids out of poverty. They're already doing that. That's great. What, what can I do? God, what can I do? Can you blow up a beach ball? Oh, yeah, I can do that. I can blow it up and just let like mayhem ensue as these kids are like chasing it all the way around the yard, right? For as long as we're there, it's pretty funny. I can do that. I can blow up a beach ball. That's nothing, right? It's great. Well, do you have long hair? No, but my wife does. And she gets to sit. And the very, the very kid that the psychologists were talking about what do we do about this kid? He has an anger problem. He's been abandoned by his family. What do we do about him? In this case, all it took was just to be there, right? As he sat there and, and braided Alyssa's hair, totally at peace. That required so little of, of me, of us. It went so far. God, what else can I do? I feel so helpless. Well, can you write? Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can commit to sponsoring. I can commit to sponsoring a child there in Nicaragua who doesn't know what it's like to have a foundation to someone who cares about them for whatever reason. I can, I can be love in its simplest way. I, I can do that. It doesn't require so much more. The, the very thing that I, I put this big thing on a pedestal, right, of like, I, I, gosh, how are we going to fix this whole problem? Just focus on one person. Just be there. And the fact is, there's so many needs here even, right? There's so many needs in our community. There's so many things we can do to love. And if we're honest, even within our church, right, we love our kids. We love all the kids when they're running around. We would do anything for them. But that's pretty easy because they're all pretty cute. I was waiting for Nate to look, but he's focusing. Yeah, so the, we can love them, of course. But think about how much more weight it carries when we say from 3,000 miles away, from this person, this kid that I've never even met, I have no reason to care about this kid. How much more weight how much does God multiply the impact of that? Whether that means us going or us just sponsoring and reaching out, right? So God has this heart for the ends of the earth, recognizing that it's such a multiplier of his love. It's such a way to flesh out the gospel, right? This thought of like, listen, this person doesn't know you, but they want to sacrifice for you. They want to care about you. They want to come near to you from far away. That's the gospel. Gosh, to be a part of that, even for one person? Heck yeah, let's do that. I want to do that. So that's just one way that we're a part of, right? So that's, that's Nicaragua's effort, right? The really cool thing about this body of believers is that we have several folks who are actively working towards serving the nations. So one of them is Elizabeth Terrell. I'll make you stand up. Everyone say hi, Elizabeth. 
There you go. You can sit back down. The claps. So Elizabeth serves with Bridges International, um, which is an extension of, of crew, serving down in D.C., ministering to the international students. How cool is that? It's 2019. We have access to the nations so much more easily than the disciples did, right? Yeah, okay, it's hard. Maybe it's hard to think about going to Nicaragua. It's hard, especially when the past two years, when because of political unrest, we couldn't go there. But what about all the international, the nations that are coming to us, the ends of the earth coming to us? I can do something about that. When I asked Elizabeth why, what's your favorite part? Why do you do what you do? Um, she said, being a part of moving forward towards the multicultural reality of what heaven can and should be by not just doing cross-cultural ministry myself, but also by training international students to share their faith, faith back home in their Jerusalem. Think about that. Remember Revelation 7, 9? That vision of heaven with every nation, every tribe, every tongue? We can do that. We can do that here. We can dream about how great heaven's gonna be with everybody here, even as they live around us. And you can be a part of that. This is the shameless plug part, right? Elizabeth is currently in a fundraising season. So if you're at all interested in supporting her financially or even just hearing more about it, she would love to talk to you. And she's not the only one, right? Right now in Zambia, we have Kate Fahey, where she's doing uh, medical missions, among other things, like just investing in the community, just being there. Um, and Kate, or Jen and Amy actually had a chance to be a part of that. And their role was really just to be guests from the USA, which is pretty amazing. Any of us can do that. That's amazing. So side note, Jen said, oh, she didn't give me permission to show this. So I'm getting the head nod. But she said this was like on buses everywhere to advertise for an event they were doing. World famous, world famous, Jen. Thank you. I'm going to leave it up there. But Jen can do that, right? Jen can go. Jen can worship. Jen can just be a presence, someone who says, hey, I'm coming because I love you. I never met you. Thousands of miles away, a great inconvenience. I love you. I want to be there. And okay, those are our missionaries, right? We have missionaries. But what about, what about Mountain Glory? Nobody's called them missionaries. That hasn't stopped them from having over 1 million subscribers on YouTube, reaching 49 countries. You tell me that's not a ministry. You tell me they're not reaching the ends of the earth. Like, I don't think so. Right? And what about, what about our blog, Horizon Daily? If you can see the heat map a little bit, 43 countries this stuff has been visit, viewed in. Like, people are reading our stuff all over the world, right? So whether we realize it or not, we have this impact on the ends of the earth, which is like super weird because I thought we were just a small church in Towson. So God takes that. God takes that and says, I don't, I don't need it to be huge. I don't need it to be really big. I just need whatever you can offer, Right? So there's practical ways, right? Some of it is the fundraising. Yeah, some of it is um, supporting what's going on in Nicaragua. Some of it is taking a trip when, that, when we get that open back up. Some of it is sponsoring, right? If you've ever seen ugh, these packets over there, some of it is picking one up, taking it for a week, praying about it, and seeing if God would say, yes, sponsor this, sponsor this child, write them, give a little bit of money a month so that they have a hope for a future, right? Some of it is that. Some of it is um, supporting Elizabeth and Kate financially because you are actively a part of, of reaching the ends of the earth just by supporting what they're already doing. And some of it goes well beyond what we're doing, right? There's, there's so much more we can do to reach the ends of the earth internationally and even here, right? What about for, you know, like, okay, I'm a college student, right? 
I do not have money. I do not have money to give, right? Yeah, okay, but I'm sure you have students in your class who are international. I'm sure you have neighbors, coworkers for some of us who are, who are from the ends of the earth. What would it look like to just engage them, just to hear their story, just to know them, right? And what about, what about like, well, listen, I don't have time. I really don't have time to do all this service. Like, okay, listen, I'm willing to bet you've got at least a 15-minute chunk, which is more for some of us, but at least a 15-minute chunk where you're browsing on Facebook or other sort of stuff just mindlessly on the internet. What if, what if we took that time and said, God, break my heart for what breaks yours? What's going on in the world, right? Voice of the Martyrs is something that, that we subscribe to and we always get emails and they're hard. They're hard to read sometimes. It's about the really cool things God's doing all over the world, but also about the persecution the church is, is facing in the most dangerous places, right? What would it look like to just open ourselves up, our time up, even just to, to hear that, to listen to that? And okay, well, I have a family, you know, I don't, I don't have time, I don't have money, I don't have any of this stuff anymore, I've got kids. Okay, well, maybe, maybe it looks like picking up this book that I hope someone takes for me today called Operation World. Maybe it looks like every Sunday night for 15 minutes, kids pick a country, say, okay, what country you want to pray about today? Ivory Coast. That was clearly on my mind. Okay, great. Well, what are their needs? What are they praying for? What's the current situation? Let's pray for them. Let's have a heart for the ends of the earth. Like, what if it just starts there, right? We don't have to be missionaries. We don't have to go. But even that being said, right, obviously we want to be careful. And all this stuff, right, we've gotten so many good, good tidbits throughout the past few weeks of all these cool ways that we can go be the church, things we can do. So I want to take this step back and say, listen, I'm not about adding another thing to that list. I'm not about adding a, another thing to that checklist of things I need to do to not feel guilty, right? I'm not about like the Sarah McLaughlin and like ASPCA commercials that come on and you're like, oh, I'll change the channel. I feel guilty. I don't want to see this, right? I'm not about that. That's not what we're trying to be, right? It's not about sponsoring an orphan so that you can put their, their picture on the fridge and be like, did my job, check, right? That's not what it's about. That's never been what it's about. I got to experience this firsthand when we left El Canyon, the orphanage. So we're playing with them. I got to be the banker in a very not fair version of Monopoly where I think they just took all the money, but that's okay. We got to play soccer with them Again, I got to be the ref, which didn't really happen because they don't listen to me anyway, right? We got to show them everything we know about PowerPoint. We got to just be with them, just to know them. And after just a couple hours with them, I, like, I, I had to be dragged away, right? Like, what do you mean I have to leave? What do you mean I can't just like stay here and just, just know these kids? So I'm, I'm in the, the van just weeping, weeping. It's like, God, why am I weeping? There's so much good happening here. Why, why am I so sad? Like, what's going on? There's so much good happening. They're, they're getting taken care of. Why am I weeping? They don't, they don't need me, right? The reality is I was weeping because I finally got it, what it meant to be his witness. All it took was literally to witness, to see what is going on at one small place in the ends of the earth just to get a glimpse of it. Because the reality is there are so many stories 
all throughout this entire world. And every single one, every single person is a reflection of, of God's infinite nature. Every single one is just another portion of who God is, what he cares about, how goofy he is, how creative he is, how dedicated he is. As these kids fight through all the things that say, no, you'll, you'll be stuck here forever. You're never gonna get out of poverty. Every single person we met, every single staff member and the children there are all representations of God's character. I didn't convert a single person. I didn't build a single house. I didn't do any of those checkmark things that would say, yep, that was a good vision trip. That was a good mission trip. All I did was witness. All I did was see it and feel it and feel the weight of God's heart for his people. And he takes this, he says, yes, be my witness and be my ambassador. Second Corinthians 5, he says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We are his ambassadors. Why me? What do I have to give? Did you see how bad my week was? I have nothing left to give. You are my ambassador. But God, how? How could I possibly do that? Do you know how exhausting my week was? I don't have capacity to care more beyond myself, my sphere. You're my ambassador. You're my witness. Pay attention to what my heart is for because God's heart is for these people, all of them, and everyone in between. God's heart is for the orphan in Nicaragua who is, who is dedicated to break the cycle of poverty in their own life. God's heart is for every single East Asian student all over the world who comes through and gets to meet Elizabeth and be part of that ministry. God's heart is for the 16-year-old boy who has to care for his brothers in Zambia because his mom passed away. God's heart is for every single one of them. And what we feel about that, right, this, this, this tug, this weight, it's not an obligation, right? It's not this thing that we feel like we have to do. It shouldn't be anyway. This weight that we're feeling, he's already done everything. That's what that verse says. He says, I am reconciling everyone to me. Will you be a minister of that? Will you be an ambassador of that? Will you witness? Will you have eyes to see others around you when, when the stresses of your life just kind of choke you down and you feel like you can't even look past it? Will you look past that? Will you, will you get out from treading water? Take a look around and say, wow. God, you love every single one of these people. And you're committed. You're committed to whatever it takes so that they can be in heaven with every tribe and every nation and every tongue. It's not an obligation. It's an invitation to be part of something that's so much bigger than ourselves. Even in the simplest ways, even in the simplest ways. Each of us feels this different times, right? Even now or, or other times, we feel that tug. We feel his spirit in us saying, oh, something's gotta happen. That just doesn't sit right with me. Yes, do something. Yes, if you're called to act, do something in whatever form that takes. But more than anything, 
more than anything, what God calls us to do in that is take one step closer to, to adopting his heart. Just take one step closer, whatever that is. It might look like a baby step for other people. It might be a huge leap for you. But take one step closer to adopting his heart for the nations, for the ends of the earth, for everybody who's ever been and ever will be. It's an intimidating ask. But man, to move one step closer to God, I can do that. I can do that, God. I'll let you in. So as the worship team comes back up, just some questions to to leave you with. So how is God calling you to dream bigger than your spheres? Wherever you are, right? To dream bigger, not for the sake of doing more and being a better Christian, but because we were made to dream bigger. We were designed to dream bigger. Whether you feel super stuck in your own little mini sphere before even Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, whatever you are, how is God calling you to step into that, to dream bigger in those spheres? How can you cultivate God's heart for the ends of the earth right where you are? And how is God calling you to respond? The reality is it is in scripture, his heart for the ends of the earth. His commission wasn't just for missionaries, it's for all of us. It's gonna look different for everybody. But in our own ways, God calls us to respond, to meet him right where he is, and take one step into that. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much that what you did on the cross was a big enough message for the entire world. Everyone who is, everyone who was, everyone who will be. God, thank you that your ministry of reconciliation is big enough. We don't have to do anything new, God. We can just step into what you're already doing to reconcile the entire world to you. God, will you give us your heart? Will you help us take a step out of where we are, where we might feel stuck? God, break our hearts for what breaks yours and give us the discernment to know how to step into that. God, we pray over the missionaries that we do have formerly already, God. We pray for Elizabeth. We pray as you raise up funds for her that you keep lighting that fire underneath her that says, yes, I will fight for the nations. I will, I will be a part of training these men and women to go back to where they came from in their Jerusalem and raise up generations. And for Kate, God, that she will continue to fight through everything that comes against her and say, it's worth it. It is worth it just to see freedom and life of the kids in Zambia. God, wherever that looks like for all of us, God, for Nicaragua, whether that means uh, sponsoring, whether that means just praying, just being aware, God, we want to do that. God, we have seen you do great things in the process of breaking the cycle of poverty, an impossible ask, and you are doing it. God, I thank you that you make the impossible possible, and that you invite us into that. In Jesus' name, amen.